Savage. Hey, what's going on, Savages? How are we? Nice to have you back. Thank you very much. Episode 114. Look at us powering through this despite the COVID-19 taking over the world. Shall not happen on our watch. We're going to make sure that we continue to bring you great comedy every single week. Thank you very much for joining me again. Hello to all the live viewers over on facebook.gg forward slash Jeff Leach Comedian and all the viewers at youtube.com slash Jeff Leach TV. Hello. How are you? Thanks for all the support as well. Let's start this off the right way by going a few uh, shout outs. These are for all the new members on patreon.com slash Savage Snowflake. Big shout out to John Dinger, Justin Coombs, Darkcraft, Cherie, Shire the MLG Pro, Chris Kennedy, Corm, Shannon Voigt, Sky Mathos, Adan, uh, sorry, Adan Hernandez, Andrew O'Day, and Kurt Zupin. Appreciate you. And of course, big shout outs to our $50 patrons, Dan Lloyd, Siggy Riggy, Marcus Fleming, Adam Klonginiger, and Remy. I appreciate you guys so much. And finally, before we introduce our guest, I'm going to say a big shout out to our sponsors as well, cbdeeper.com, providing you with the greatest CBD products you could ever wrap your little brains around. If you're feeling a bit anxious right now, a little depressed maybe, perhaps you've got some aches and pains from all that lifting you're doing, you know, carrying all your problems from morning until night. It's a difficult time. You need to relax. Get on cbdeeper.com, check out their wonderful CBD vapes, completely made out of organic hemp grown in Southern Oregon. Absolutely no vitamin E, no harmful pesticides, no heavy metals. All of their lab tests are available on the website. And if you use code SAVAGE at checkout, that's code SAVAGE, S-A-V-A-G-E, you'll get an extra 10% off every order. Can't say fairer than that. Right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the podcast. Joining me today is an actor, a writer, a performer, and I think one of the greatest storytellers in stand-up comedy, living and legend right now, Mr. DC Benny. How are you, brother? How are you, man? That was quite an intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that intro, brother. <laughs> well, I'm listening. So look, let's. I know. I, I like how humble and modest you are, and already a little embarrassed by how much, how many nice things I said, but. <laughs> First of all, you have quite an illustrious career. Like I was looking over your IMDb. I didn't realize just how many projects you've done, how many movies, how many TV shows over the years, um, how many comedy programs you've appeared on. But beyond that as well, I look, you're, you're, I should give a little backstory. DC, Benny and I know each other from performing together at the Comedy Cellar in New York City, if not one of, if not the greatest comedy club in the entire world right now. I think that's fair yeah, to say. I would say so. <laughs> um, and on top of being one of the best venues, um, it also, for me, there's two, well, there's three types of comics at the, at the cellar, especially. There's the comics who were summing back in the day. They were like super mega famous back in the day, did a few shows, did a lot of late night appearances. And now they're kind of just like, yeah, they're just great comics, but they don't really give a fuck about the glitz and glamour. There's comics who always should have been huge household names and have done lots of stuff throughout their career with longevity and uh, I think are set to have even bigger futures laying ahead of them, which you are one of. And for instance, someone like Jessica Kirsten for me is one of those comedians as well. 20, 30 years of work and is now blowing up in the way that she always deserved. And I think that's all stuff that's, that's, that's coming your way immediately. And then there's a third type of comic, which is super young, super successful and super fucking arrogant. And then probably in five years, no one's going to know who they are because half of their material is whack. So you fall in that middle category that you're one of those people that is probably perpetually irritated by people coming up and going, man, you're an amazing comedian. Like, I don't understand how you're not more famous on every TV show. Does that get told to you a lot? Uh, dude, I mean, uh, that's on uh, every uh, every YouTube 
clip I put up, there's somebody writes, you know, why, why does this guy have a TV show or whatever? But there you go. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure, listen, if you make people laugh, I'm sure that it's a compliment. And I, I'm sure a lot of uh, them say that to a lot of people. Oh, you know? people say it to me all the time as well. Which and sure. it's inc- I understand that it's coming from a nice place, but it's also incredibly fucking frustrating because you're like, uh, yeah, I know, I should have a TV show. Give me you one. Know, I've ruminated about that late at late at night, uh, you know, gnashing my teeth. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But um, I hope you don't take any offense to me describing you that way, because I, you, like I say, you have an impressive body of work already behind you, like your IMDb page shows, all the multiple feature films, uh, TV shows, huge TV shows, like Law and Order. Like you've, you've definitely gone through all of the processes of being a successful actor, a successful comedian as well, appearing on like Last Comic Standing and The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. You've done, you've done a, a, an amazing body of work. But I think now, why I say now, I think is the time that you're coming into your like, you know, this is going to be the one, mate. This is going to be the the next couple of years. From your from your lips to God's ears, man. Dude, <laughs> oh, they're listening. All the all the exec producers watch my podcast. They're listening. They're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's why I've got so many great roles. But <laughs> but seriously, man, I think there's when people find a, a particular facet of their comedic brilliance that speaks and resonates to people and lately you've been doing these videos which i'm in love with and i spent a good you know 20 minutes watching one the other day with my girlfriend in bed crying with laughter and going through multiple videos then on your youtube uh which by the way you want to check out this gem on youtube.com slash dc benny comedy go and have a watch and watch some of these videos and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about he also posts them on instagram at dc benny as well or at dcbenny.com but these videos are you telling these very like you're a comedian you're a writer you're an actor you know how to tell a story you know how to write a story and write a good gag with a nice punch at the end and a nice round off but also more than that this feels very much now like you're you found a very um a very conversational way to tell great comedy that makes it feel like you're just listening to a best friend telling a story and you've condensed it down into these like two minute videos three minute videos four minute videos where you can just get lost in the story you know and this seems to well, be more recent thing for you yeah I, I appreciate well that's the the only benefit i can think of of having this you know uh, pandemic situation is uh, you know uh, we all go through performance withdrawal and i sort of had this repository of all these stories that i was you know working on or thinking about or whatever uh, that i was going to work out on stage and i was like you know what uh, I'm gonna get up early in the morning. I'm gonna sit in my my car in the back, and I'll just tape them and and put them out there raw, yeah. you know, unfinished and unpolished, and just see what the reaction is. And it's a lot of fun. It feels like performing again a little bit, you know. It's also like you 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 know what you it makes me feel like it's like you've just got in the car after the gigs finished, and you're telling us like we're there waiting. Like what happened? Tell us what the fuck happened. Come on, tell that, us what that was the idea. Kind of is like it's a road trip. You yeah. know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things about being a comic uh, is not, you know, not the road itself, but when you're on a road trip with someone you like and you're bullshit and you're going oh, back and best. forth and, 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 you know, it's, it's so much fun and it makes the time go by and you really bond with that person if it's a good connection or whatever. So absolutely, I, I've always felt like on stage, I wanted uh, when I performed, this is what I've strived for, but uh, you know, on a good night that the audience feels like they know you 
and they're kind of on a road trip with you. We're just, we're just going together and they're, and, uh, and, and it's, it's not, it doesn't, it feels organic. Like we know this dude, even though we, they've never seen you before, you know? So that's, and, and we want more. You, know? you also, so what helps though as well, and you know, this is that you, your aesthetic you're always very smiley. You're always very friendly. You're a handsome lad as well. So you got like a like a, a little pit. Nah, people like to watch a guy with a nice smile and a couple of cheekbones pop in, tell a story. Like you know that, right? You're a fucking actor. You played that sexy, handsome cop. You've done those roles. I know you have. But there's also like you also have like a very disengaging way about you, which I wonder where that comes from because the New York comics that I've experienced for the most part, and don't get me wrong, I've now being fortunate enough to perform with th- what I consider the cream of comedy across the globe um, cool. on a nightly basis. A lot of those New York comics are all about the fucking putting you down, shitting on you, <laughs> ripping on you as hard as possible. Like that's part of their thing. It's part of the training. I get it. Blah, 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 blah. It's all born out of insecurity anyway, but you <laughs> never do that. You've never done that. And your persona um, on stage or whether you're sitting in the back of your car like you're about to do a pro-Trump rant or something like that. That's what I was worried about. I was like, uh-oh, shit, Benny's fucking cracked. Look at the video. He's sitting in a car about to scream for three minutes. Oh, no, it's okay. He's cool. He's still good. But all of those things are very identifiable to the likable personality that you bring into the club and that I don't think is a forced business choice. I think it's genuinely how you are. Yeah, I don't... Look, I... I don't think it's the best business choice to be. I don't know if likability and stand-up comedy is, is uh, as as marketable as kind of being, you know, as kind of what you described before the other alternative. I feel like, especially with castings and things like that, you know. Really? I I don't know. I I don't know. I feel you know. Look, you're in a, you're in a unique position because you're an actor as well, and you know from an acting point of view. It pays to always be like, I love everything, light and positivity. Go, everyone. Yeah, everything's amazing. Let's never talk about real issues because let's just keep it light and fluffy and Instagram friendly. Actor, 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 give me jobs, casting director. Whereas a comic, yeah, absolutely is like, let me tell you the shittest parts of every part of humanity that you believed in. Let me point out why it's all a fabrication, you fuckers. But finding somewhere in the middle, I think, is where the sweet spot might lie, you know? Yeah, look, it, you, you, it, all of it should be accessible in, in both uh, uh, lines of work, uh, certainly. Um, I've I found that it, it was more problematic for me with, the, with you know, to, to look one way and there's an expectation. I don't know what it is, but there's an expectation that uh, my act and my performance is going to match whatever, whatever the way I look is. And it doesn't, that's been problematic throughout my career it's like can you elaborate on that like what 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 do you think people what their what are their preconceived notions about you when you walk on stage you know i i I, you know it's like i gotta i have to work harder to make guys like me in the room of course yeah because you're too (laughs) handsome they fucking hate you because you look like you can get the women (laughs) that they spend all day online stalking you know what's the threat man i'm you know um I, I, I have to work a little hard and that's not all, that's not all guys, but I've found that I remember Gnome at the cellar was giving me shit and he's like, you know, you go up there and it must be so easy for you and you're pretty. And I was like, guy, it's not comedy. It's not like that comedy. Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah. You've got a deficit. You've got to go up there. It doesn't help to be 
to, uh, you know, it, 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 they want to see the fat guy fall down. That's what they want to see. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, you know, uh, if you have so, an aesthetic, a discernible aesthetic that says, I'm a funny person, whereas when they see you and me, I'm guilty of getting the same, sure. um, you know, you vitriol. Of, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. But you know what I mean? I got a pretty mouth, I got pretty lips. Um, but yeah, people immediately go, well, what's this guy got to laugh about? What about this man's life is remotely upsetting yeah. enough that he has to joke about it for my pleasure? They think you have it together. Like you, you say, and, and really, you, you know. Uh, we don't. We don't. We're, uh, uh, you know, I'm we're, a depressed alcoholic, mate. I mean, I, right? you know, we're, we're comics, man. We're yeah. comics. If we're up there doing that. We don't have it together. We just examine it and turn it into fuel. Yes. So uh, I, 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 I find that 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 has can be a deficit. And but but the thing is, is after years and years and years of doing it, you go up there and you turn it around immediately. You know, you have you you that's that's the best part is, is being able to turn a room around that is maybe partially uh, populated by people who don't want to like you yeah. and, and they can't help it by the end. You know, that's, that's the challenge, you know, because they're laughing their asses off, Absolutely. you know, which is what they're supposed to be doing. So that, that is, uh, that is the thing, but I do try to, you know, listen, I just try to organically, uh, be myself up there which took a long long time you know i right. used to when i first started i just did straight characters i didn't do any there was no uh mortar between the bricks you know it was just you literally went from what big big character pieces one to the other was it yeah i would just you know here's the super of the building here's this you know here's this guy driving the cab here's this here's the i mean the, the, you know the mexican guy going through the uh or the japanese guy going through the, the burger king drive-through you know blah 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 and it would just be these little, almost little sketches, but there, there was no uh, a part of really my voice in there. And then it, it, years later, I was telling my wife a story about going to, uh, going to a prom in, in DC and uh, this, with this uh, hang, on, let, hang on, let me get comfortable because I know one's coming now. Here we go. I can enjoy it. I'm just going to sit back. <laughs> I won't do it, bro. But no, anyway, do it. Tell me a fucking story, Papa DC. <laughs> Tell me a story. I'm ready, man. My body's ready. Let's go. All right. So, uh, so I went to DC public schools, you know, uh, the only school system with white history month. I was the only white kid in my class. And for the school play, I was the snowstorm. Yeah, I just ran across stage naked. <laughs> I, I, I was very shy. Uh, growing up with girls and uh, everybody used to hang out at Popeye's fried chicken because the biscuits were really good. Like you could buy weed with the biscuits, people gamble. I got six biscuits, you know, whatever. It was a currency. So I went in there one day and it was this girl who worked there named Lawanda, who was a cheerleader, but she weighed like 380. So she didn't cheerlead too hard. You know, she was like, I'm going <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm to get something to eat. And that was it. And uh, I ordered some chicken, I looked down on my platter. She had put six biscuits on my platter. So I said, I didn't order those biscuits. She's like, X day, free day on the biscuit. I was like, what? She's like, motherfucker, it's a hookup, take them biscuits. I'm like, all right. I didn't realize, <laughs> with a hookup, there's payback. You just don't get shit for free. So the next day I'm walking around school, I hear this voice. Oh, so now you can't talk to nobody, body, body. And it echoed like that. I said, Luanda, she's like, motherfucker, I gave you biscuits. what you think? Biscuits, squirrel trees, biscuits, B-I-S, skits. <laughs> so I went to class, she told her brother No Neck, right? No Neck had No Neck, he had beat up everybody in school. He came up to me Love after it. class and like, yo, understand my sister gave you biscuits and you ain't reciprocating. I was like, damn, because he had a space. Like he could smoke a cigarette with no hands, whatever. Me and he's too. like, well, you, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, he's gorgeous. He's, he's like, uh, he's like, you gonna take her to the prom? I said, all right. So I went to go ask her. She was playing hard to get. I said, Lawanda. She's like, does somebody call my name? I said, oh, you want to go to the prom? She said, yeah. So the night of the prom came, I didn't have enough money for a limo. So I borrowed my friend's mom's station wagon. I drove up to the projects. I knock on the apartment door. No Nick comes to the door. He's like, whatever you do, do not bring her home hungry. I'm like, okay. That's the pep talk. <laughs> went to this Chinese restaurant. Apparently she'd been there before because you walk in, whole staff goes nuts. Lawanda here, Lawanda here, put the extra cook on there, Lawanda here. Hello, Lawanda. How are y'all doing? And she was tearing up this food. She's like, what's this brown chewy thing? I'm like, that's an egg roll. What's this white crunchy thing? I'm like, that's the plate. You got to pace yourself. <laughs> we go to the prom. We dance. The evening starts winding down. I go to drop her off. I said, well, Lawanda, I had a wonderful time. I just want to say goodnight. She's like, oh, no, baby. The evening ain't over yet. The biscuits going in the gravy. The white meat going to get seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, we just, can't we just be friends? She goes, what are you, gay? I was like, can you keep a secret? And uh, <laughs> that was the prom story I told my wife. She said, you got to tell that on stage. And I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff in between or whatever. But that was kind of the first story I, I told on stage and uh, about uh, you know growing up in D.C. and going to this prom with this uh, guy who's, uh, who's a drug dealer's uh, sister. You know? <laughs> and I see, look, this is, well, thank you for the story, first of all. I always feel like it's a little blessing when I get to hear one of your stories. I I think the best comics in the world are the ones who have become so calm within themselves and re, um, dispelled enough of their own insecurities to be confident in the way they speak and the way they talk about their lives. The, a story like that, now don't get me wrong, obviously from a comedian's point of view, I'm looking at it going, all right, well, he's got a couple of like couple of little punches throughout. Do you know what I mean? He's building to the big punch at the end. He's got three characters. He does the voices for each of the characters. There's like, you know, and the, the words are very clipped. The lines like, you know, you know, what's this thing that's white and crunchy? That's the plate. You know, boom, boom, boom. The digs are very sweet and a little bit funny. And they're, obviously they're exaggerated. He didn't necessarily say that to her, of course. But within the frame of the story, I'm still believing where I'm at. I'm lost in it. But it's your voice, man. Your voice is now so fine-tuned that I feel like you're, you've hit that place that comedians, very few comedians ever hit, um, but only the greats hit, which is why I believe the next few years for you is going to be something magical, is um, your voice is so... I no, but dude, honestly, and I'm not just trying to fucking blow smoke up your ass, you know that. Your, your voice is so finely tuned. Now, I can listen to you talk about anything, you could tell me about the, the 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 house that you're renovating right now or a bit of gardening you did yesterday evening or taking a really big shit the other day and I'd sit there and listen to it for five minutes and I think anyone would in an audience and that's that's a really hard thing to attain. And I wonder, is that do you feel that when you, because you said it took, took you a while to find your voice, which is the, phrase, the term that we use, at least in the industry, sure. to find your voice, what was the change that occurred in you? What did you, what flipped? Switch, did you get to flip and how to find a place where you went, I, now I feel good. I feel good in who I am. Well, I always, uh, I, I, when I tell, I, I went back to, when, when I coach guys who are like trying to do stand-up, you know, when I, and they, they want to try it or they want to elevate their game if they've done it a little bit, I always tell them my 
from my perspective, the best way to do stand-up is to try to recreate those times when you were funny off of the stage, when you were around friends and family. Right. And then when you go, recreate that, whatever it is you do. Uh, don't, don't go up there with, a, a, you know, like I'm gonna do this thing that's completely different. Start, start with who you are and what you did there uh, amongst friends and family at the dinner table or at a bar with your buddies or wh whatever it is. Go up there and and do that. Um, and I feel like uh, when I went, when I was just doing the characters and stuff, I'd always go back to thinking about, oh man, I remember my friends would ask, would ask me, they'd request stories. You know, like, remember that time, tell him, you know, bring, there'd be a new guy in the equation, like we're all hanging out and they'd be like, tell him that time when you were living in Times Square across from Show World. And then, you know, with the tranny hookers in the alley and the blah, 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 <laughs> you know. I didn't know you were and, hanging out with Jim Norton back then. That's amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> I wasn't by the glory hall. I was up in the, <laughs> I was in my just, It still counts if you're watching and jerking off, Ben, just so you know that. You're still involved. But, you know, just be like, you know, it would be like, a, uh, I thought about what I actually did off stage to make people laugh. And it wasn't just the voice or a character or whatever. It was like, telling it, you know, it was usually based on some bad shit that happened to me and I turned it around later and made it, you know, and you make it funny. Those are usually the funniest things. Absolutely. You're having a really bad day and you, and you explain that to somebody uh, after a little time has passed and you're going through it and then you throw in you know your isms of course um, and you you know a couple of a couple of artistic license exaggerations or a clever line here a clever line there you know but if the core meets what you're saying is if the core meet of the story is so real that you can put yourself uh emotionally and mentally back into that place then you'll be able to find the humor that you found previously and bring that out again yeah i feel like that's really what it, it took me a while to figure out that is what i'm actually good at is is taking is the whole instead of just the pieces of the puddle, puzzle you know i was i was giving people appetizers. you went back into rwanda there for a second a little bit pieces <laughs> yeah. of the puddle <laughs> Oh shit, man! You're stuck like, in the you character. Know, I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know lay out the whole thing. No, no, you're giving me a, a quick 101 for the me and the listeners, so we can go. All right, this is the 101 of comedy, and I agree with you. I mean, look, com other comics who I think one of a couple of my favorites, but like Carlin and also uh, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly even more so. I see so much similarity in the way that Billy Connolly tells a story and the way that you tell a story because uh, it's you're literally uh, just. I'm just going, ah, just fucking, you're, um, we're basking. As an audience, we're basking in the storytelling ability. Just like, oh, keep fucking telling me stories. And that's a very hard thing to do. There's, there's other comics, don't get me wrong. There's someone like Mark Normand, who, uh, Normand, who, who he's great at his one-liner gags. You know, very Jerry Seinfeld in his thing, but a little bit more adult and a younger version. And that's wonderful comedy that I admire and I respect. But for me personally, storytellers, that's the people that I want to listen to because they're the people who founded fucking societies by being orators and being engaged people and tell them a story and get them lost in the moment you know um but yeah, it's my you, favorite uh, it's my favorite style as well to, to listen to i love them all i love the monologists i love the impressionists i love all of it uh and, and i appreciate all of it but what get you know what i really like what i really will sit down and watch is when somebody you know ron white will break out a great story or yeah, or yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Vic Henley who passed uh, recently. Who was yes, yeah, I heard about a friend of mine, and that that dude was world class storyteller, world class. Right. 
uh, and just to hear him start spinning it, you know, in that Alabama, you know, country acting, well, you know, I were down there in the barn, there, 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 and then the thing with Earl, and it was just art, man. I, I love it. I love listening to it. I um I feel like you've given me a, a little brief 101 in yeah okay hey as a comedian you want to do this you want to do that which I understand is you're not you're not just palming me off with a with a lesson to to answer my question which was what changed in you but I know you've very specifically said all right when I realized that that was the best thing I was the thing that I was best at that's what helped me find my voice but I also do think there's um uh, and I don't want to tie it too directly to mental health, but there's definitely an element of a lot of the best comics that I respect and admire where things happen over the course of their life, things that they ch- decided to change about themselves that really led them to be able to find that voice or find that that level of honesty with their own creativity. And I wondered if there was anything over the course of your life that had taken you to that journey, you know, from the young oh. comic from 20, 30 years ago to the man that you are now performing on stage, you know, and... and I'll say this uh, in uh, in response to that. There is stuff that I've wanted to talk about that I haven't been able to, that I'm still poking away at, you know, uh, which is usually traumatic stuff. You know, like I, my, I have an album coming out and that album, my mom died. Was it like drum and bass or? No, like, uh, you know, you know, stand comedy album, bro. You do look a bit uh, like you could be a French DJ, though, as well. You do realize that, right? A French DJ yeah. producer. <laughs> yeah, Monsieur DC Benny, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's drum and bass music. Hey! <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, people have been making... Yeah, I could be like a fisherman or a DJ. I don't know. Or like a is. Greek uncle who's always flirting with his niece's best friends from college. Do you know what I mean? You got that kind of like... He's still too good. Yeah, you're a zaddy. You're a zaddy now. You realize that. I'm a Malacca. I'm um, a Malacca. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I, you know, there was my, my mom had Alzheimer's for about seven or eight years. Is she still with us now? Or? No, she went and, okay. and, and she passed. And there it was tragic. It was a really hard uh, time for uh, my family. Yeah, I'm sorry you know, to hear that. There was what got us through was laughing at a lot of the things that if you have someone in your family with dementia, uh, there's just some funny shit that happens, yeah. you know, that offsets the, the, the pain of it. And um, I, I, I do a story on this album coming out. It took me years. This is my mom's been dead. I don't know, seven years now, something like that. And uh, uh, this story was about, uh, you know, it, it went from my childhood growing up in a very strange, eclectic, household can i get know? a bit of background on that before we go into this story about your mom because um, i actually uh, i don't know anything about your upbringing man i, I know nothing oh dude uh, dude I, I, my parents my mom was an immigrant from, from. Uh, germany okay and my dad was a uh the son of uh, polish jewish immigrants okay so who had been killed off by the the nazis so they moved to the states and, you know, meanwhile you know my dad marries a german so that didn't go over well <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of where I'll my break the system from the inside, the yeah, inside of this woman's vagina. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it's like they would they would when they would get in arguments, my mother and people think I'm making it up, but she would lock herself in a room and play German marching music. To, yeah. To yeah. She's just I, venting. I, She's but that just was my childhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was my child. Dad, why does mum grow her lip hair out, but just in the middle? What's that about? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, 
and uh, shit, man, I'm losing track here. I'm losing no, okay, track. so you so you had an interesting upbringing, and then you were talking about your mother having having dementia, and then that being able to yeah. laugh at some of those instances. Being able, like, we have a very dark sense of humor in my family is really yeah, yeah. what I'm the 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 the, uh, the, sh- the long and short of it. And um, but it took me so long to get to this story about uh, you know her. Uh, her passing, the, 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 this mishap that happened at the memorial and this whole story and her relationship with the neighbors and blah, blah, blah at this time. And, and, um, but it was a breakthrough for me. So um, I'm, you know, uh, that is, that kind of stuff took years to get to though. And that's, but that's the funniest shit. You know, it's, it's truly some of the funniest stuff that I have. And um, uh, that, that, that I guess is kind of answering your question. I mean, kind of like, where does it come from or where, you know? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm, well, what I'm mostly intrigued by is the men, the men, and I can only talk about the men in comedy because there's plenty of women that I think are absolutely, you know, legendary and, and, and incredibly talented. Um, but I can't relate to them, obviously, on the gender spectrum, right? So as a man in comedy, I'm drawn to particular types of men in comedy. Uh-huh. And they're men like you. Um, you know, big, beautiful, thick cocks, uh, <laughs> but just you fucking know. tan skin. No, no, no. It's just, it's dudes who are like, who represent things that I can identify with, of course. Like, I think, you know, I'm never going to lie and think that I'm not, uh, at least as society deems it, a mildly attractive dude. So I have uh, a certain aesthetic that is a bit more rare in the world of comedy, in the realm of comedy. And so when I meet men like you, or or Brian Callen is another example, you know, someone who's a talented actor, uh, a great stand-up, a very strong, boom, 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 alpha kind of man. Look, Godfrey, there's Godfrey's a great, a great, great. Oh, he uh, doesn't handsomer than Godfrey, does it? <laughs> Godfrey is the most beautiful man in comedy. Like I, he's, he's got like at least like what, 15 years of me? Looks 10 years younger. I, oh, yeah. I'm straight as a Roman road and I would definitely lick his anus. I don't even, I just, just to know what it tastes that's like. Cool. I'll pass that along to him. Yeah, like <laughs> shit. Oh, that's all right. I've texted him this plenty of times. He knows. I sent him a dick pic once a month, just in case, just in case. <laughs> but seriously, he's like, but there's, like a beautiful, strong, talented performer. But also, um, I'm intrigued by men like you and like Godfrey and like Brian, like Brian Callen who allow themselves to be alpha and strong and self have self-belief and be proud of their aesthetic qualities as well as their performance abilities. But never shit on other people. They don't, they're not insecure. They don't shit. And there's other comics that I won't even name their names because that's not... Let's not get into that. But there's other comics who have, have some of the identifiable qualities I've just said, like good-looking lads, in comedy, strong, alpha, talented stand-ups. And they're so f- desperately fucking insecure that all that I know about them is, is shitting on other people, like trying to diminish the ability of younger comics that represent something like they do. Um, whereas you don't have that in the slightest. Maybe you do and it's never presented itself to me, but because, that's what I'm intrigued by. How does... Well, listen, when I was coming up as a comedian, okay, I remember the the few people that were nice to me. Right. Okay. And I remember the ones that weren't. I definitely remember the ones that weren't. And they have a special place. Uh, there's a special list for the ones that there's weren't. There's a diary. You know? There's a journal that you, you join every day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, right next to Godfrey's anus. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I, I always, you know, said to myself, 
this business is hard enough. There's just no reason. There's no reason to be a dick to these young up and coming guys, man. There's, you know, there's no reason for it. You gotta, you know, you're creating allies. You know, you're creating uh, uh, later on, you know, you might be writing for their show. You might be just on a business level, but sure. just on a human level, it's, it's so hard, man. This business is so fucking hard. It's just, you don't need to add or add to it by shitting on people. And there's shitting on people. And then there's, you know, you take shots where it's fun and, and it's, you know, it's not mean spirited. Sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, uh, I always, I always felt like, you know, coming up for me, I, the guys who were cool and tried to kind of, you know, lend a helping hand, give a little advice or whatever, there were very few of those guys and, and uh, I will, I always remember them and, and that's what I wanted to be like. You were, know? You always, were you always funny like that and, and kind like that when you were youngster as well? Or was this just when you came to maturity? No, I mean, I always, listen, I love collaborating with people. That's a, that's a whole other thing is I love to collaborate with other creative people who can do shit that I can't do. Mm. You know, you can make, you can make beautiful music together. You can shoot a thing. I told you, can, you you're a French producer. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make beautiful music with a, you know, a pop star, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, uh, what's her name? It's turning into a Truffaut film over here. Dua Lipa, uh, call me. <laughs> Let's do it. But I just, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I, I've always collaborated with guys coming up with different skill sets um, and, uh, and learn from them. And I, I like, I like having those, I like having allegiances, right. you know, uh, and not, I don't, you know, I, I don't need to, there's no need to be shitting on everybody. The industry will do that for you. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, you there's plenty of people who will do that. You know, so, um, uh, and, and that's also why I teach, you know, it's like uh, when I was coming up, there was nobody, there was no way to learn, but trial, trial and error, trial and error, which isn't a bad thing. Sure. But, you know, it's it's nice if uh, if there was an option to learn from somebody, I would have I would have uh, I would have done it. So that's really, in a nutshell, how I feel about. it. I think you know uh, you know and, and then again, if I see like one of these young comics, a lot of these guys, uh, you know they they when they're nice to you because they need something from you, but then you see them how they treat their peers and they treat them like shit. I don't, I disassociate myself. I'll say something to them then, you know, but I yeah, disassociate yeah, yeah. from that kind of shit, man. It's cause that's just gonna, you know, that's gonna be get, well, those are the guys who blow up anyway. And that's what, that's the frustrating thing is that, I mean, yeah, there are moments where I think there's a couple of very nice comics who are doing well and it always makes me happy and warms my heart when that happens. But then there's a lot of comics doing well who ex display the the traits that you just said, you know, like that, like they're doing well because they're good at what they do, but they're not necessarily carrying that mantle with any uh, with a humble nature or any kind of, you know, that's uh, show business. And you have to you have to sell. You have to be a you know, a what that is also you haven't fucking lost it yet. You <laughs> yeah. haven't lost it. I think yeah. that uh, the reason that I, 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 I you know, I. Again, please don't take any offense. You know, I, I guess you're a few years older than me, right? I'm 36. You've got to be at least a decade older than me, right? I'm 53, man. There you go, I'm man. 53. All right. You look fucking wonderful for your age. We've already established that, all right? An absolute sweetheart. But um, I genuinely find that the majority of the comics that I bond with are, are men in their 40s and 50s because men in their 40s and 50s with some kind of established career in the industry, 
normally have had periods of great success and then a down period and then a period of success and then a, day and a down period and then fucking a few years where nothing happened and then something happens and they think it's going to be amazing and then that doesn't quite work out and then so those those people in the industry men and women actually and which is why I always cite Jesse Kirsten as one of those you know are the kind of people that I bond with because I had that career in my early 20s on TV in the UK where I was famous overnight Oh, wow. And then I did too much coke and drank too much and acted like a fucking douchebag. And I was, you know, I was never a bad person, but I was certainly like uh, arrogant. And it was all born out of insecurities and deep, deep depression. All of it was related to the fact that I didn't feel confident in myself in one iota without drink or drugs or bravado, you know. And kind of losing that career or that opportunity... And then having to rework the right way to rebuild it up. Um, it's almost like I feel like I'm... I don't feel like I'm 50 in my body in the way that I perform. But I certainly feel that I'm 50 in that experience. And I, I find a lot of young comics can't relate to that. Because when they, a lot of the people that we're seeing blowing up, it's their first foray into the world of... Yeah. Oh, you're a celebrity they, now. They, the, they go up and, they, and you warn them about the downtimes. I remember uh, one of the... I was out in LA and there was a guy, it was an actor, I was on some audition. Uh, it was a test, it was a screen test, something like that. I don't remember what the hell it was, but we're waiting in the hall and there was an older guy that was also, uh, and, and I'd seen this guy in a lot of Western type. He always played, he was like a Sam Shepard type, you know, like one of those types. And I I asked him, we were just talking, I said, what advice would you give me? Because he was, you know, dude was successful. He'd been working forever what advice would you give a young, um, a young performer? And he said, save. He said, save your money. When you make your money, save your money. I wish I, wish I had had a conversation with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to stop and, there's gonna be, and there'll be times when you're making no money. Yeah. You know, no money. And you'll, you know, so you have to balance it out. So he, you know, he told me that. And I had just, I'd gone through a similar, not to the level that you had, but I had had an, I had some bumps that were very, you know, of success where I thought it was just going to keep coming. You know, you get a deal, a network deal, and things are happening about blood and money's coming in. And all of a sudden there, there ain't anything, you know, yeah. and you know, you're living off spots and whatever. So um, I, I think that stuff shapes you and, 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 and young performers, comedians, they can either hear it when you want to tell them, or sometimes they just don't, they don't want to hear it yeah. often is the case. And I, I can relate to that, you know, but they don't. Yeah, you've got the bravado and the arrogance and nothing can touch me. I'm unstoppable. Who you to tell me? Who, do, yeah, who are you? Yeah. You know, you know I think that uh, that can be a thing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all about the longevity, man. You know, it's all about the longevity in this business. And, and you got to That's a word up. that is not thrown around enough in the industry and is one of the things that... Um, I've been trying at least at, through the course of these podcasts, you know, there's various different conversations. They've all gone in different directions. But one thing that does seem to come up a lot is what are you pursuing with your craft? And the thing that I have always cited, and a lot of my favorite comics have cited is I just want a career. I want longevity of career. I want to hit 90 and still be working and still be loving the work and creating for people. Yeah. I, and be I able think to that... pay my fucking bills that way. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, it's it's no, it's useless to have a, you know, to be like, 
you get that one blast and then it's done. Uh, you know, I, I, I always say that I'd like to, you know, be in touch with my audience so that you always have somebody that you can work for. Like right now, I don't know who's on YouTube, who's watching me here, who's watching me there, whatever. They're, they're scattered all over the place. And when it would be 51,000 nice people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> youtube.com slash dc benny comedy at dc benny on all social media dc benny.com for the website there you go fantastic that's who fantastic. that's who's watching that's it that's what's up but but sorry you were saying you don't necessarily know exactly who your specific audience is right now who's tuning in I know who they are but how to get in touch with them like how to you know how to the, the people who enjoyed my comedy over the years you know what i mean i don't i, I don't have a, a a direct connect to them like the way you know if you're if you're very famous you have that connection you know so, you know how you get you connect with them and 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 this is where i am gonna make you feel 53 and i'm gonna i hope you forgive me <laughs> listen mate you need to get a fucking a slightly better webcam actually this is a great webcam ignore that first comment you don't need a better webcam get yourself uh, a $120 USB mic, get a blue Yeti microphone, plug it into that laptop of yours. Now that you've you're, you're started to upload content to YouTube, do YouTube live broadcasts. Do them once a week or maybe more frequently if you can do it for like, honestly, for half an hour and do them as little little segments and tell these stories in that way and react to people in chat and stuff like that because you have such a wonderful conversational warm and welcoming attitude it's like it radiates off you man it really does benny All right, well, I'll, give that, I'll check I, that out and i you think you'll find very rapidly people will be tuning back in and tuning back in and telling the friend oh dude benny's doing another one of those fucking live we got to tune in man you got to tune in because the whole industry is being reshaped right now anyway i know and the people who are thriving are nerdy motherfuckers like me <laughs> no, I'm serious, dude. I um, I might be six four and love a punch up and riding motorcycles, but I also uh, play video games all day. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, that's that's the future of putting content out there. And I don't think it has anything to do with age um, or gender or sexuality or any of those things. It has everything to do with how willing you are to go how do i how do i access my audience in a more direct way and i understand that you want to be able to monetize that but you for instance could already have a youtube channel tell those stories and have a very simple donation thing at the bottom if you're enjoying the performance if you're enjoying the stories drop a little dono and you'd be surprised how many people will jump in there man and just throw you like 20 bucks ah man that was the most i've laughed in half you know for for fucking weeks Thanks for that half an hour of nonstop laughing, man. Here's fucking 20 bucks from you. And you, all you need is 100 people doing that, you know? And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's $2,000. You know what I mean? It's like, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that is something you could do. Um, I'll check that out. That's, you know, you, you, it's, I'm, not very, I'm not a techno guy, a technology guy. I mean, so look, the fact that you just said, no. I'm not a techno guy and Great. didn't understand the <laughs> irony of bringing it back to the fact that you're definitely a French DJ and producer every time. <laughs> I don't know, techno, I don't know. I'm dumb and bass, right? <laughs> uh, shit. Um, do you think the, what do you think is going to happen to comedy moving forward, man? I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of guys doing these, uh, you know, there's drive through. Aaron, Aaron, you saw Aaron Berg and his wife jumping up yeah, and doing. Aaron Berg. I've seen a couple other guys. Some people reached out to me. Hey, you want, as a drive-through up upstate, you want to make two hundred dollars. I'm like, I'm not 
that fucking desperate to be driving, you know, six hours. <laughs> Send them my way, bro. I'll take the fucking 200 bucks. <laughs> I am that desperate. Give it to me. <laughs> but I think, you know, these open air venues will be probably the start. Uh, the st- you're not comedy is going to be there one way or another. It's going to be there. We know oh, that. And it's that's going to how- be one of the first things people want as well, because of- after something that miserable, and yeah. that depressing, the first thing people do is go, I need to go out and laugh. I need to go somewhere to be taken out of that place and that mindset for a minute. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it feels like, not to be crass about it, but it's like Scarface when he comes, you know, when he comes to Florida, like it's this pussy waiting to be fucked. You know, that's what the that's what the the comedy world is right now. It's just, how how is it going to go? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen with clubs. I'm not sure. It's such an unknown, but there'll have to be some reformatting. There's going to be some kind of reformatting and there'll be a way for people to gather, not just like this, not just via Zoom, because that I've been doing these Zoom shows and, you know, they're they're fine. But that, you know, the beauty of comedy is when you're collectively laughing you know, together and you feel it. So it, it don't, I don't know if they space it out a little more. If the venue They're going to have to dot people around. Yeah, like kind of have a little spaced out tables. It's going to be more speakeasy-ish, I think. It's going to go back to that a little bit. Once people, it's interesting though, because once people have started digesting um, different forms of, well, all forms of media, but different forms of art, let's say, in a very different manner, especially for a, a, a younger generation, you know, like I think a lot of young generation were already being molded into people who digest comedy at home through the internet, whether that be yeah. net endless cycle of Netflix and HBO and Amazon Prime specials or, um, <clears throat> you know, a Cubs, Cubs were still enjoying enjoying uh, a good period, I think, prior to this COVID-19. But I think a lot of people now would just go, I can just sit at home and tune in to a show i can just throw five bucks not have to leave my couch i can sit with my dick out and a beer in my hand that cost me nothing well or cost me 50 cents from the local ralph's instead of you know eight dollars from a club and i have to buy two of these things and i can sit here for five bucks and watch a load of comics perform and laugh along at home i feel like in the in the when we had the comedy boom here in the 80s uh you know in the states there was this comedy boom and everybody put up a mic every arthur treachers had a fucking little wednesday night comedy thing or or whatever and then then stand up uh got on tv a lot more and that kind of killed that boom so we're kind of we're having another iteration of that you know where we were we were starting we were having another comedy boom i feel like before covid oh yeah absolutely Oh, actually, so, I think I actually think it was slightly on the on the downturn. I think it become it a little oversaturated, and people were starting to be a bit like, uh, "I've seen yeah. these same seven comedians on every TV show on TV," and you know, because the producers don't go out and actually go to clubs and watch up and coming talent, they just ro- rotate the same seven people. You know? Yeah. Well, you and I know that, and and I I, I think that the at at the same time, I think that you know, there's there's gonna be some kind. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there'll be some kind of happy medium between the live experience and sitting home having a beer from Ralph's. You know, there's that's uh, you know, like like movie theaters. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. God, those things got to be done now. What I don't know how they're going to come back. You know, except you know, in pockets, in ironic little pockets of like throwback things. Remember when you used to go see a movie, you could come see, you know, that kind of thing. But 
it'll be, I'm curious to see what I, 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 you know, this is why I'm digging putting these stories out there on, you know, just taping them in my car and putting them out there because I, I think that, you know, hopefully they'll, it'll drive people to whatever, whatever the type, the iteration of the live performance becomes, which I just, you know, I've been, I've agonized over it with a bunch of other comedians, like, what's it going to be? What's it going to look like? How long, you know, and there'll be a surge, I think, of when we're allowed to go to clubs again, and people are allowed to, and then they'll, but there's got to be a reinvention. Something new is coming, and I don't know what it is, but some new way of experiencing comedy is coming. Well, v- if- I think VR will be it eventually. Unfortunately, it's going to be they could already have done some amazing things with VR with live comedy, and they haven't yet. You know, uh-huh. one of those 360 cameras broadcasting a live feed, you pop on a VR headset, you're in the club. You're in the comedy club. That would be a great way to do it. Unfortunately, you know, it will be, be one of the last things that happen. And I know what will happen is some giant media mogul like Netflix will do a deal with Oculus Rift, you know, who make the majority of the headsets that are widely bought at the moment. And then they'll go, great, okay, Oculus and Netflix have teamed up to bring you live comedy specials where you could tune in. And, and it will be at a certain time, people put on the headset at home. And then they can, like, play with each other's genitals whilst they're watching the nice. show. You can nice. do all sorts of stuff. You can bone. You could fuck each other whilst watching DC Benny tell stories Brilliant. on stage. And who doesn't? <laughs> and every time you, like, look over them, be like, hey. And then for the comics... I think it would be a case of, um, you know, either having like a like smaller skeleton audiences there. But you're right because we need the audience live to give the energy we give. But then if they're at home trying to get that energy from us, comedy is going to become even more and more filled with absolute psychopaths who can continue yeah. performing even if they can't hear the laughter. That's yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of Rupert Pupkins are going to be out there. You know, in their basements. I don't know oh. the reference, unfortunately. Well, who's Rupert Pumpkin? Oh, King of Comedy. Uh, oh, Robert yes, De- yes. Jesus Christ. All right, Robert De Niro's character. Yeah. About in the basement. Yeah. Right, okay, right, yeah, right, right. That's, that's your version of techno. There you <laughs> techno. go. Oh. I don't know about the techno, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to use that one. One day when I'm a dad, my kid's going to be like, Dad, uh, can you get my hoverboard to light? And I'll be like, I don't know about the techno, dude. And he's going to be like, what are you saying? I'll be like, oh, it's all right. It's a callback. It was 30 years ago. Me and a guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Daddy used to be something. <laughs> and then I go into a garage and I have a drink. I would have given up sobriety by then. You know, I just smash my head against the wall. Right. Turn on the car engine, turn on the hover car, close the door, and just quietly slip off. Like the Jetsons. <sighs> that was the most yeah. depressing bit of <laughs> storytelling yeah. I've ever done. And you know what? It felt real. Um, I think that uh, I think you're right. I think there's people are going to definitely try and storm back into the clubs. But it's going to take a while for it to reach any kind of normalcy again, you know. And, and I do think that there's what we now have is an entirely new form of comedy club, which is the virtual online comedy club. And that will... That will continue. I don't think it's going to stop happening. I think if anyone's got half a brain cell, they're going to find a way to, yes, go and do their live performances. Yes, go and travel around. But I also think it pays, like I'm already considering doing like a monthly stand-up show virtually, Uh you know? Because you can do it with relatively little input cost. 
And I think that if you can fill a, a room with 100 people on Zoom for five bucks, I'd rather once a month just know that one night I'm going to do a show to 100 people paying $5 each to watch from the comfort of their phone and be able to hear them all laugh through the power of Zoom. Make yourself the priority speaker so you're always heard over their laughter anyway. And um, mute everyone else, you know, anyone who's talking, blah, blah, blah. You have a live producer there. I, I think that's going to happen. And I think that's a, it's a, yet another way. Look at, look at someone like Schultzy, right? There's a young, a young upstart making waves, you know, doing it slightly different. A young fucking lad making his way through A young life. lad, you know, he's a young boy. He's out there, he's doing it. He's trying something new and he's succeeding. And fair play to him, you know, fair play to him. Um, but he's, uh, you know, the way that he's put out content and, uh, you know, Look, he set a precedent, I think. No one wants my comedy special because they don't think I'm marketable because I don't yeah. tickle the right boxes. I'm very anti-PC, you know, uh, not very politically correct. I'm anti-SJW. I'm not uh, an all-right or a, a, a hard-right winger or anything like that. But people think I must be that because I don't agree with the overt left or the overt PC culture, et cetera, et cetera. But then he went, all right, no one wants this shit. I'll give it away on YouTube in segments to people who do want it and then finds an audience of millions who start to fund his career. Yeah. And now everyone's doing that. Mark fucking Normand, Sam Merrill, they all had to release their specials on Netflix, uh, sorry, on YouTube. And then what happened is when it blew up and suddenly started getting the, uh, the likes and the subscribes and all that business, Comedy Central comes along and says, well, I know we didn't want to buy this. Yeah. I know we didn't necessarily want to put this on the network, on TV, but would you accept X amount of payment to have our logo on it now and we can feature it on Comedy Central? Because they already know it's an assured hit. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that the same thing, we have to consider that virtual comedy clubs should be something that we're all working hard to, to maintain a presence in, you know? Even if it feels a bit alien and kind of sh- like not what comedy is meant to be yeah you know i think it's important i think you're right i think it's important to to do that and make the adjust you gotta you gotta adjust with the times uh and and the rest the dust will settle on the rest of it we're in a you know for whatever normalcy you know whatever normalcy ends up being comedically but um yeah i'm I'm making an effort to do a few of these zoom shows and figure it out and, and and i'm teaching by zoom and that I've, I was terrified to do that, man. I was terrified. How, how, how do people, um, how do people, if people have an interest, because I get uh, a million messages a day about voice acting now because I'm portraying this character ghost in a video game called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 60 oh. million players around the world right now. So wow. on a daily basis, I get between five to 10 messages on social media going, hey man, uh, I really want to be a voice actor. How do I get involved? And I, now I've just taken to copy pasting the advice that I've given to previous people just trying to send it in there as much as I can. But I realized I should monetize this. I should build a platform that teaches people how to get into the world of voiceover. Um, you are already doing that. You're teaching people how to become comedians. How yes. do they? I'm certain there's people who are going to listen to this who want to do that. How do they get involved? And this is a shameless plug, but let's let's do it, man. Let's- oh, they can, listen, they can hit me on social media. Uh, there's a. I'm doing. I is there a private- sign up page on your website or something of that nature where they can register there to become? A, there is a. Uh, there's an email address that they can, or they can direct message me on uh, Instagram, um, that 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 kind of thing. Uh, uh, and I do, I teach through a school, I did the Manhattan Comedy uh, School, or I do uh, private coaching, 
and I, and I do it by Zoom now. And Zoom's been great. I was honestly, I was terrified. Oh to, yeah. Oh man! Especially you wanna be comedians, they don't wash. Like even real comedians barely wash. Like, you don't <laughs> want to be in a room with these people. No, just the the Zoom part was you know because I had been uh, doing uh, doing the classes live, and it's great. You know, you're in a room. There's 20 people. They get to see each other. There's there's that interaction. There's an energy. So and as we know, is, you're not a fan of the techno, so right. Yes. Yeah. Only only house music all night long. Just house uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, so again, making the adjustment with that. And I feel like, you know, if I'm able to do that, you know, I'm very set in my ways, man, at this point, you know, but you gotta, you know, you'll, you'll find this out when you get to, when you get to your fifties, man. <laughs> I'm just putting your website in the chat so people can see it now live. But just a reminder, if you do, if you have an interest in that, ladies and gentlemen, check out dcbenny.com, D-C-B-E-N-N-Y.com, and make sure you check them out. Listen, before we wrap it up, man, because I could talk yeah. to you for days, I feel like, um, but I'm sure you have other things to do because you have family and responsibilities. Before I go, or before you go, sorry, let me uh, let me ask you one final question. Even though you have achieved a lot, even though you have done a large number of films and TV shows, you've appeared on stand-up comedy shows, on late-night shows, you've got uh, the new album. When does that come out, by the way, the new album? Uh, the date is pending. It's 800-pound Gorilla Records. It's called Adrift in Predicaments. There's a special that I shot in a club. I love uh, even the name. Look at you. You're such a fucking French <laughs> artist, aren't you? Adrift in Predicaments. Adrift in Predicaments, man. And uh, uh, there's a special that uh, I, I, I'm going to, we're talking to all things comedy now. So okay, I'll great. see that, that goes through. That's Bill, Bill Burr and some of his Bill mates, Burr, right? The yeah. old, old running buddy of mine. So, are uh, you, and Bill, you and Bill friends, are you? Yeah. Oh, good. dude. Well, then he should be behind that. I mean, look, he's, uh, there's a man who's been producing and assisting his talented friends yeah. and stuff. So I hope, he, I hope he, that that pans been. out. I, I don't like to ask. I don't like to push it out too much. You know what I mean? But you know, no, he's, but also he's, he's a businessman. Great. He's a clever guy. He's has, you know, he's got successful TV shows, animated shows, podcasts, uh, and now YouTube channel. Like the guy's not an idiot. And I, I know that he is a big supporter of great comedy and putting that out there. So that's good to hear. Yeah, well, I, I hope so. that pans out. All right, so Drifting Predicament, no official date set yet, but if they follow you on Instagram or Twitter at DC Benny, yes. you'll announce. Um, and before you go, so this question I did want to ask you is, you've achieved a lot, but there's always more that we want in life. And I'm not talking about greedy more. I'm talking about like personal artistic goals that you have. Give me one thing that if you could, if time, money, executive producer interest, uh outside funding or whatever else wasn't an issue what would be one project that no one knows that you'd absolutely adore making happen for yourself and for your audience what would it be uh i sh you know i shot a show called comedy kitchen and it was based on a thing i would do in brooklyn when i lived in brooklyn once a month i would have uh my comedian friends for two three or four come for dinner and they would bring a dish that they either they made and had some significance in their family it was a family recipe or if they couldn't fucking cook go to the neighborhood where's your spot in the neighborhood your bodega right. your little spot where you get your food your little ethiopian place whatever it is and bring that so i have them bring a dish and bring a story okay go. and we'd sit down and we would just eat we talk a little bit about the food or whatever and then everybody would take turns telling the story and had great comics on there and 
when you did he this, shot. was this was you did shoot you were shooting this as well, were you? I shot I shot this about a year ago uh, in, in in Brooklyn, and uh, we shot a couple episodes of it. Right. And you know, it, it's it's hard to get that stuff. It's hard to get it. It's, it came out nicely. It came out really nicely, but it's hard to sell stuff when you're not 22 years old, you know. And uh, these were some ringers, man. These were that came on there. These were comedy vets that were. Uh, that I knew would deliver the goods and that were great and people that I liked too, comics that I liked. Um, so they may not have been the industry darlings at the time or this or that, but you know, this is what it was. Um, and that project I, uh, I always loved and I, I hope one day it finds a, finds a home. You know, comedy kitchen. Absolutely, I hope one day I get an invite in my email. I must, you must have, I must have missed that one. It must be in my spam folder. We gotta fly you in. We gotta import you, man. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I love that as a concept, and I like because obviously comedy and foods. There's been a number of different things. Even look, all things comedy themselves do a show like What's Burning with with Burt Kreischer, right? So they they. Right. But I like the idea of bringing a dish that is very personal to you or has a a personal meaning. That angle I think is quite unique. Going, this is. A traditional Polish Jewish dish that my dad used to cook and you know he used to tell me stories about back when he's getting brum and there you go you're gone for 10 minutes on a lovely little wonderland trip down memory lane full of gags and reminiscing I love that that's a great concept it um, was a great it was a great time man it was a okay great time. and here's where again I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a a, 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 a patronizing kick up the ass and say Benny, there is absolutely no reason why you can't already start releasing that concept on a platform like YouTube. There's no reason why you couldn't at your stage of career and with uh, the, you know, you're a man who understands about saving money. Um, and I'm sure you could, you shot those for reasonably inexpensively, reasonably expensively. Yes. yes. Start fucking releasing them, man. Start putting them up on that YouTube channel. Get Bill Burr or All Things Comedy to put a little bit of money behind it. Seek some of those other companies out. Group 9 Media, something like that. I'm sure... I think there's ways to have that out very soon. And within a short period of time, to have networks coming to you saying, oh yeah, we'd like to buy this concept now. I know you already pitched it, but we didn't realize so many people would tune into it and love it. Yeah, we didn't. We, we weren't listening at the time. Uh, <laughs> well, let it, let us pray. I mean, I I, I will. Uh, I'm working on all that stuff. Got some good advice from the youngster. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> from the youth dem gave me some good advice. The youth dem. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you sound like uh, all the yardies I used to knock about with back in the day. Oh right? yeah, right, bro. Dude, uh, I gotta say also thank you to you today because um, there's some crazy shit going on in the world right now. And um, outside of COVID and, you know, the last few weeks of young black men getting, you know, killed by police and hunted down by fucking rednecks. Like, I needed a good reason to laugh today. I'm not going to lie. This morning I was getting stuck into my activist behavior on social media, trying to use my platform for some kind of good and for things I believe in. And I was really fucking miserable this morning. And uh, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to be, if that's going to read on this podcast and if we're going to spend an hour of... Benny just looking at me like, are you all right? Are you What's going on? And you really lifted me out of that today, man. And I think um, that's what you do for your audiences all over the world when you're performing in clubs up and down the nation and overseas. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks, bruv. You take care. You, all right, I'll, I know you just I'll, did a young person thing, but you know you just told me to go fuck myself. You realize that after that this, beautiful this, speed. Oh, like, man. Get <laughs> fucked, leech. 
You're a cheeky bastard. You're a cheeky bastard. You're a cheeky bastard. Um, I'll see you, man. Thanks DC a lot. Benny, wait, don't disappear yet. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check him out. DCBenny.com is the website. Uh, he's going to have a special coming soon, a brand new album, which is called... Adrift in Predicaments. Um, he'll announce that on his Instagram, his Twitter, all those good things, at DC Benny, B-E-M-M-Y. Uh, also, if you want to have a lesson with him, uh, when are you available and taking bookings for more more classes as well, if people want to get you some know, just reach out and we'll find a time. Okay, great. All right, so DCBenny.com, you can find the email on there. And finally, he's got a brand new uh, YouTube account, which has got videos that he started to upload of the kind of stories that we've been discussing today on the podcast, a couple of which he gave us, and many more of which will have you in fits of tears and laughter. Um, you can see them on Instagram, on uh, Twitter, but also check out youtube.com slash DCBennyComedy. Uh, thank you very much, Benny. I appreciate you, man. You, man. You're an absolute legend, and I wish you all success in the world. Thank you, brother. Take care. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. <laughs>